to make sure my background is cool because I'm in my bedroom, you know. You don't want nothing crazy <laughs> in the background. Hey, put some sheets on that bed, man. Yo, welcome to Beers and Bars. Your place for rapid fire hip hop discussion and, of course, great beer. I'm Kamal Kiddo. OT the Golden Child, thank y'all for, well, first of all, if you've been following the uh, YouTube feed, uh, thank you guys for watching um, the event that happened past weekend at Haymarket Brewery. Um, there was the official release tapping of the Chicago Uncommon Ale, which is a collaboration between Black breweries in Chicago, that being Funky Town, Moore's, uh, Black Horizon, uh, Turner House, and then also the, the brothers uh, Sam and Jay Westbrook. Uh, also, shout out to Haymarket in general, Mike Chandler, the whole staff over there. Uh, we are releasing the content from that event uh, this past weekend, so uh, make sure you're checking that out. Uh, yeah. Come on, what are we doing here today? We got some people on the screen. What's happening? <laughs> yes, yes, yes. We have some guests. Um, we have... Um... Matt and Crystal of the Flickers. Is it, is it Flickers podcast? Mm -hmm. Please introduce yeah. yourself. Yeah. Um, let's start with Crystal. Ladies first. Appreciate it. Uh, my name is Crystal Roberts. I am a, I guess you could say a Lauren Hill researcher. Um, I've done some writing and thesis work on her. And so that's kind of why I'm here to talk about her in the context of everything she's created. Right on, right on. And uh, Matt, introduce yourself, man. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm a hip-hop scholar, but also a podcaster. I, I used to have a podcast called Music Ale that was very similar to Beers and Bars. We drink a beer, talk about music. So I, I was on the show before, yeah. uh, which was awesome. So I'm glad to be back here again. Right on, right on. And um, Matt and Crystal, they have a, uh, a podcast by the name of Flickers, right? And yes. um, we're going to talk to them today a, a little bit about um, their latest uh, podcast, um, the subject matter and whatnot. Um, one of big debate, uh, but we'll get to that in a minute. Um, what are we drinking, everyone? What are we drinking? You know what, uh, Matt, this is your second or third time. Which is it? Second. Okay, so, we'll, we'll, yeah, let yeah. Mag, we'll let Matt. We'll let Matt. Is it really? A, oh yeah, yeah, it is. Uh, it yeah. Is <laughs> yeah. So I have a beer from King Kong Brewing in La Chinganera. Uh, probably not pronouncing that very well. Uh, it's a collaboration. Uh, King Kong is a brewery in Sacramento. La Chinganera is a brewery in Mexico. I forget where in Mexico, but uh, the beer is called La Chingana. And it's a double IPA with guava. Lanchingana is kind of like a slang term meaning a woman who is a badass. Mm. Swag. I like so. it. I like it. Yeah. That's what's up. Um, you know what? I'm gonna go next, man. Um, I'm having uh shout out to Haymarket. Um, I'm having a blood orange blonde from Haymarket Brewing. Um, I've had this before. This is more of a, probably a summertime situation. Um, this is 5% uh, ABV. Um, this is an ale flavored with blood orange. I had never had an actual blood orange, an actual blood orange. 
until this year, as a matter of fact. And it's only oh, February. No. <laughs> so I've actually had an act. I've never had it, never knew it was like red inside. Never knew that. I thought it was something wrong. I thought it was a rotten orange. I really did. <laughs> so look at that. Look at that color. Look at that. Oh. I do like the beer, actually. I've had it a couple times. Uh, I'm going I'm to probably hold on to mine until it's Chicago, right? It's like nine degrees outside, you know, so. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's not fair. It's not fair. Actually, today yeah. is pretty cool. It's like 50 today, which it's pretty. You hear you might. 50? Well, take it easy. That's like almost summertime. 40, okay. 40, <laughs> 48 degrees. You'll see people in shorts in Chicago when it's like 50. Like, man. <laughs> um, I'm going to go ahead and go next, man. I have here from Haymarket as well uh, a Baltic Porter. This is a part of their small batch series uh, coming in at 8.4%. This is the second time I've had a Baltic Porter. So I'm going to provide a little context. I've never actually looked it up. I'm like, let me find out what I'm doing here. Uh, Baltic style porter is a smooth, uh, cold for minute and cold lager beer with uh, lager yeast because of its alcoholic strength. It may uh, include very low to complex alcohol flavors. Okay, but that's just a little background on the style. I'm gonna be drinking it out of my little funky town glass as we just talked about. They were one of the breweries that were uh, involved this past week. So um, it's cold here. It, this is a wintertime type beer, the porter, you know, the I read somewhere this is like the original stout, like the porters came before the stouts or whatever. So you know, oh. I'm doing a terrible, I'm doing a terrible pour because I'm doing my left and I'm right-handed. So excuse me as I try to switch. But yeah, it's a pretty good beer. Yeah. <laughs> right on, right on. What you drinking, Crystal? So I'm drinking a non-alcoholic, almost non-alcoholic beverage, um, ginger berry kombucha. I just learned that it has a 0.5 ABV. Mm-hmm. So I'm sort of in the mix, but you know. <laughs> that's what's up. That's what's up. That's crazy. I used to. I I've started some mornings with some kombucha, like I'll go to work out or whatever. Then I come back home and drink that. So I was getting lit the whole time. Like after yeah. I was right, right, right. So, Turn up. All right. So um, let's get into it. Yeah, let, uh, first of all, tell us about, um, before we talk about, because this is the uh, second podcast from Flickers, right? Good call. Uh, yeah, tell yeah. us what, what Flickers is. What is it all about? So, yeah, this or the second season of the podcast, and the podcast is about exploring the spiritual underpinnings in a musician's discography. Mm-hmm. So the First season was on this artist that I really love that probably hardly anyone's heard about. They're called Sun Lux. Uh, they're also amazing and they have a lot of spiritual themes in their music. And so for the second season, I I was like, okay, I really want to do something on Lauren Hill because spirituality is all of her music, all of her life, all of her and her interviews and talks. And she's like one of my favorite artists of all time. So much so that my youngest daughter is named Lauren spelled in the same exact way as Lauren Hill. Oh, wow. That's dope. So, so yeah, that's, uh, yeah, I, I like, I was compelled <laughs> to make this season about her because I love her music so much and she has so much to say when it comes to spirituality through her music and just through her life. Um, why, uh, well, let me ask this first. Why, um, is it called Flickers? Flickers. So that actually comes from the first season. 
the artist Sun Lux has a song called Flickers and about like just because really it's not the podcast is not the focus on like religious music like as we traditionally think of it like as coming from a church or a religious context but to look at artists that are just out there in the mainstream and yet their music has these spiritual elements to it so I think of it as like you can you can listen to their music and if you listen to it closely you just have this flickering of this light in this music that's pointing towards spiritual things mm, right on right on um so listening to the um uh i'm gonna say the promo listen to the promo uh that has my good friend otis lambert's <laughs> voice on there yes uh, <laughs> yeah, right and uh he opens he, it up right opens he it up. opens it up right yeah, and he opens and he opens uh, saying how there's a meme going around that you know Lauren Hill and I've seen this I've seen this a lot I I hear it a lot uh, we talk about that, it on the show come on yes I don't remember what I said but I know how I feel today but uh, <laughs> but um the the idea that Lauren Hill is not a legend she just has a legendary album. One legendary album, which is from what 90... 98? Yeah, 98. 98. Um, I'm gonna throw this to Crystal first. How do you feel about that? What do you think about that? I'm a believer that one thing begets the next, right? Like you can't birth something that you aren't yourself, right? So if you birth the legendary album and you're the source of the album, then you must be a legend as well. So that's just how I always looked at it. It didn't make sense to me. And I guess second to that is while she probably never made a, well, not probably, while she did not make another studio album, we saw the same, What? see, I'm really big into like lyrics and writing. So we <laughs> saw the same quality um, and substantive writing even after that. So for me, it's like, I I don't get it, but you know, each his own, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, I would, um... I would agree with that. Um, how do you feel about that, Matt? Yeah, I just to bounce off what Crystal said there, I like the around the language of her lyrics, like I feel like she went even further and beyond miseducation, like on unplugged and unreleased tracks. We were we we're talking about that as we we're recording our last episode. Just the like the like the ten dollar word she uses, it's like how is she able to make that like flow? <laughs> it, it's just wild and crazy, and like she has like such like dense concepts that she's communicating, mm-hmm. and that went beyond like the stuff that she was communicating miseducation. So, I, yeah, even though she has just the one studio album, there's that is just such a massive impact on hip-hop culture Mm -hmm. from like she won like was the first woman to win five grammys in a single night others have yeah others have matched it or gone beyond it like so beyonce beyonce and adele have gotten more grammys in one night but she was the first to ever achieve that as a woman and then just her impact and her influence, especially on women in hip hop, mm-hmm. because there's women MCs 
in the 90s and stuff like that but they were nowhere nowhere as big as you know their male counterparts in hip-hop you know you had like mc lights and queen latifahs and all that but once lauren hill came then it was like like people took like women as mcs as rappers like more seriously from that point on and so because of her now you, you can have the Nicki Minaj's, you can have uh the Rhapsodies, you can have the Megan Thee Stallions, you know, on and on and on. And it really all ties back to like the influence that she's had. So because of that, like just like how she's grown as an artist post as education, and then also just the massive influence she's had on hip hop. Like I she's a legend. <laughs> <laughs> um so in the podcast how far back in her career do you all start or i before i even say that because i don't know the format of the podcast um how do you all how do you all go about talking about lauren hill do you talk about her um do you do you start with her 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 career from the beginning or like how do you how do you tackle it in your in the podcast do you want to take this crystal (laughs) (laughs) so yeah so first and foremost we we chose a narrative format and we kind of start out with all the contributors talking about how they were first introduced to Lauren right so just sort of giving the listener an idea of you know, what perspective these people are coming from. And then from there, it's the, there's really three themes, which is love, justice, and freedom, which no matter what album you're listening to from, from the beginning to the end, even with some of her unreleased stuff, those three things, themes keep coming up over and over and over again. So we thought we would try to kind of build each episode where we're dealing with love and its complexities, right? Mm-hmm. And then we kind of get into freedom and then we get into justice and then at the end it's it's tied up into like how all three of those things actually you can't have one without the other right so you can't have love and not have freedom you know you can't have justice without having freedom which I can't take credit for that (laughs) (laughs) one of the contributors actually wrote that down um which even helped us further kind of structure it uh but that's kind of how it's it's formatted so we touch on all I think no, we really only do uh, the miseducation and unplugged and some of her release stuff. Yeah. So you Maybe. all don't touch on her like her her rap, her 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 opening rap career at all. Not beyond um, how people were introduced to her. Right. Right. We right. We all kind of yeah. came to her at different points. I think. Yes. Yeah. 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 See, I'm I'm a fan of Lauren, and. Um, I've always thought that she is the best uh, female MC, and she's and I really wish that she she was was still rapping um, even more so. I know she was just on Nas's album. I know she has a song on the Queen and Slim uh, soundtrack, mm-hmm. um, but I'm a really big fan of her rapping, and so in preparation for this uh for this episode for this conversation i went back to blended on reality which is way crazy different from <laughs> from the score which is only two yeah. years apart they're only two yeah. years apart 
But um, her rapping is so strong on the score. She's mm. outshining these guys. She's yeah. outshining them. Yeah. <laughs> it's clear she's outshining them. Okay. And then she comes with her her solo project and it's just shaking waves. You know what I'm saying? It, it's just is definitely moved the needle. I don't I don't even know if um anyone has done anything that matches that same that same feel for this long. Like it was just sampled on uh Kanye's album. Yep. It was just yes. sampled on Donda mm-hmm. yep. just last year. Yeah. Yeah. Um I mean he tried he tried to get the sample for All Falls Down. Yes. 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 Lauren wouldn't clear it at the time, but that's something that she's been like more open to in recent years is allowing people to sample it. Um I don't know if I have a question. I just I just want to just talk about Lauren. <laughs> let, let me pause you though. Back to your comment about the Fugees. That's one of my issues when, you know, I understand the Fugees isn't her album, um, her album solo. Right. But when people, you know, that whole not being a legend, only having one solo album, it's like, hold on, wait a minute. That was a five mic album. We really cared about the source, the Fugees. That album, I believe, was a five mic album. I don't yeah. YouTube, wherever, correct me. So, and then her second album was a five mic album. So, in albums that she was on and that were released, I mean, she two for two on five yeah. micers here. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, like you said, she was the shining light on that on that project. Um, I have a question. How did you guys go about, you know, selecting? I, look, when I saw, I'm, I'm, I'm one of the people that contributed, but I saw everybody else has like, you got PhDs. I'm like, yo, why am I? What is going on? Why am I? Uh, so outside of me, how did you guys go about picking yeah. so uh, individuals? So, yeah. yeah. So I can speak on this since I was the one that selected them and talked to all the contributors. Uh, so I, I, I went out and looked at who had written about Lauren Hill, like journalists, academics, and stuff. And I reached out to like, anyone who I'd seen written about Lauren Hill and looked at Lauren Hill's spirituality in some sense. And so I reached out to like anyone that had done that. There's this, a lot of the folks that we had on were in this book called the Lauren Hill reader that came out on the 20th anniversary of miseducation. And so I reached out to a number of those folks and we had a few of those folks on as contributors and they were just, yeah, amazing. And so I want to get the academic perspective, but also on like on the ground perspective of like artists. And, you know, I'm not going to get like Nicki Minaj <laughs> to come on our podcast, you know, yeah, yeah. just indie podcasts, right? So yeah. I, I, like I wanted to reach out to like artists that I knew that, you know, love Lauren Hill, were influenced by her in some way. Yeah. And so that's why I like, that's why I asked you, Otis, so that I can get your perspective of like what she has meant for you as an artist. Because mm. I thought that was it was helpful to have that balance of like, oh yeah, you can look at a very like scholarly head knowledge way. But yeah. even even the people who are the academics, they 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 talked about her in like very personable ways mm. about like the personal impact like that Lauren has had on them and their lives. And so even like when talking like in this very heady way, like 
Lauren still like meant a lot to them personally. Yeah. So, but yeah, I just wanted to get like a musician's perspective too. And so that's why I asked you. I also asked another another guy who is RB artist out of uh, North Carolina, um, Julius Tunstall, okay. and got his perspective too. So that was okay. the process there. Gotcha. Um, this is a, uh, I don't know how you all feel about, um, her unplugged album, which is probably her most raw and, you know, open and honest project that she's put out. Um, going back to that almost two hour long project, um, there are a lot of themes on there. And like you said, Crystal, there's a lot of love, a lot of justice, and a lot of freedom on there. Um, and and navigating through those concepts. Um, how much did, I mean, and, and I think those concepts are, it's interesting that you mentioned those three things because I think those are what, um, is put out the most from that project what what's uh the message the messaging in that project is mostly about love justice and freedom more so than her first solo project mm-hmm. um how much did dissecting that project um go into the podcast and what did you personally take from that project that's a stellar question. I'll let you guys answer. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so first and foremost, Unplugged is my favorite album. It's it's my favorite wow. body of work by her. And I actually wrote my thesis on that album. Um, and my idea was to break down every single song, right? I only got through one, but <laughs> <laughs> but that was the goal. And it's funny, though, that you say that was kind of a departure from the first album. But in my thesis, I actually made the argument that it wasn't a departure. It was an extension. It was just a more raw, um, just vulnerable expression. But the themes were the same. Right. She was still, you know, talking about love loss. She was still talking about, you know, how could I say this delicately, but um, us our people needing to get free from mm-hmm. things. She was, you know what I mean? She was still sort of talking about those things. And so mm-hmm. when I returned to it, when Matt and I started this project, like it actually opened up more for me because I saw the more personal side of her, like the like that real struggle and transition when you are in a place that you know is not right for you but there's a pool, right? There's still a pool, but there's a desire to be yourself and to break free from that stuff. And just that, that personal, like for instance, I listened to, um, um, which song is it? Uh, Water and I find it hard to say. Yeah. Um, isn't that find it hard to say? One of them, I can't get the, the title right now, but <laughs> it's essentially, she's like essentially like praying <laughs> to be released you know what I mean mm. from all the things she's going through so I think before I was looking at it and analyzing it and I think this time I saw it 
And I felt it like as a human and as a person mm. and as a woman, like mm. just that personal struggle that she was going through. For sure, for sure, for sure. Um, how about you, man? What do you, how, how do you feel about, um, the, I'm gonna say the difference, the difference between her two albums or her two projects, her out, her official studio album and her unplugged. Yeah, so the, the funny thing about the Unplugged album is that I wasn't even aware of it until like a decade after it came out. And I stumbled upon it because I was uh, I was looking to write a paper on Lauren. And I was like, whoa, what's this Unplugged album? And I listened to it. And I was like, floored. Yeah. I was like, yeah. whoa, this is like like as crystal said just so vulnerable yeah just to put yourself on a stage like that with like people with all these expectations of this audience of the people on tv that are going to watch this saying oh that we're going to see an acoustic set of all her songs from miseducation and she's oh. like no i'm going to give you all these brand new songs right these are going to be like the journey i've been through over these past few years and it's, it's going to be a lot and it, you're going to have to take some time to process and that's okay. I'm fine with that, but I'm going to share. I'm just going to share my heart, what I've been going through. And it was like, just so raw and vulnerable. And she just mm-hmm. like is on acoustic guitar, just her by herself, no band behind her. And she messes up at times. <laughs> like on I get out, she completely she completely messes up in the middle of the song. She forgets the lyrics. She forgets the chords and like voice stops. cracks. Yeah. yeah. And, and she like stops for like 20, 30 seconds before she can figure out where she's at in the song. And that's just like to like to where she was at on the stage that she was at in the world, <laughs> in the yeah. music world to, to allow herself to be like, to like mess up like that in front of, an MTV audience. It's the stuff like, of legends. Bro. Yes, exactly. Yeah. It's just like, I was just, I was just so like taken aback by that and just taken aback about the interludes where she's just like, she was just like preaching. <laughs> like, I felt like when I listened, I, it was like, for me, it was like experiencing church. Mm. It's like, it's like she was singing these like worship songs. And between those, she was like, giving these like little servants and like at times you even hear people in the background saying amen hallelujah to her and stuff and <laughs> yeah. it's like it felt like it felt like this sacred like space there in and that just like really like hit me and then i delved deeper like into the lyrics and mm-hmm. i was like wow she is she is going into some things about this world about like all the isms of the world capitalism racism all the things and it's just yeah. it was just so 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 powerful to me and that's 2002 at a time when those isms that you were talking about aren't really being talked about at large Mm. like they are now which is crazy right so i raised my hand earlier because when when crystal said this is her this is also probably and it sounds crazy but this is my favorite of the two man this particular yeah and the reason why come on man here's why for me right no it's i'm weird right i'm in a weird space as to where you know, from li- from a listening standpoint and everything, just where she was on the project, when we talk about something like a fully realized artist, an artist being authentic and honest where they are, 
that's like the best work to me. Sure. And I think that I think this would have, regardless of whether this is in front of a 20 or 30 uh, person crowd, this could have been at a stadium at a festival. And I think could have translated the same just because of like the rawness and the honesty of what she was doing in that moment. Mm-hmm. Like I really wish, I don't, I don't, I'm not sure if she did, but if, if she could have toured this, like, at like from a festival standpoint, like a, a certain kind of festival, not like the, the, you know, but a certain kind of festival where people are there to listen and appreciate work. Like, like an Afro punk or something. Bro, yeah, yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? So it's just the, the depth of the writing on this joint, man. And the fact that it's just her and a guitar. Yeah. It's, it's the stuff of legend, man. I'm thinking like Bob Marley, you know, no woman, no cry, you know, stuff like that. That's what I get when I hear this. And those are some of my favorite songs, you know, uh, just those live joints and whatnot so yeah man. yeah i think that's part of the uh the allure of it that it is just her and a guitar and i think it's because it is such a small space mm-hmm. it's not uh, a big stadium so it's more intimate so you know she's seeing people in the crowd and making comments and yeah. like mm-hmm. you know when you hear it it's not all these loud screams you can s- tell that it's a small room also if you've seen it i mean because there's video of it but um you know that's that's more intimate that's more personal um you know when i first when i first saw it floating around that she's not a legend and just made a legendary artist i was i was on the the side of saying you know what they write that's right she just made a legendary album, <laughs> but as a fan, I want more. You know what I'm saying? But also as a human, yo, she going through a lot. Who am I to say? You know what I'm saying? Give us another album. You know what I'm saying? That's like the people that say Beyonce needs to make another album. Rihanna needs to make another album now. You know what I'm saying? But it's like. Or most depth, Yasin Bay needs to make another album. I'm one of those, you know what I'm saying? But at the same time, you got to be able to grow with an artist. And, you know, she's had quite a ride in um, the music industry. Um, I don't know if you all touched on her uh, legal issues with her label. Um, in the podcast, because that's not what this podcast is about. <laughs> but how do you all feel about her situation as far as not being it? Because I saw her perform with Nas a couple years ago mm-hmm. at uh, at the Vic, or was she at the Vic? Or I think if that was 2018, that was at the that was almost on the Lakeshore. It was it? before, like, no, nah, it was before 2018. This is okay. This had to be like 2012. Gotcha. Okay. This is almost 2012, but um, she couldn't perform her songs the way they were on the album, and I was confused as to why because I didn't know at the time. I didn't know at the time. I knew she had some something going on, but I didn't really know too much about, you know, her issues with the label and blah, 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 with other artists on the album. But um, I was very disheartened that she couldn't perform her songs the way they were originally recorded. 
And she was starting to get that that rep when she would perform in other spaces, you know, like, ah, oh, it was terrible. And some people loved, some people loved it. Some people loved it. I got some people that were like, yo, she killed it. She killed it. But I was one of those like, what is going on? I can't even sing along. You know what I'm saying? It's like sped up versions. And, you know, it was very confusing. And when I heard about, you know, and I can't say I even know fully about all of her legal issues or whatever the case may be. Uh-huh. But um, how does how does that affect how how you all feel about her status as an artist? An artist uh, artists are supposed to perform when they uh go out on tour or or you know perform in front of an audience you want your artists to perform their songs as how you know them two twofold question how have you all seen her perform since all that is going on and how do you feel about that you want to start Matt? <laughs> that's like um, I think is Matt Frooms or is he really that stoic? Because if he's, oh, he's so <laughs> okay, all right. Okay. But to say if he that is amazing. That was well, like he... the uh my, what's my man's name? Uh that does the interviews, Narwar. He can just stop. Oh uh, like, yeah, yeah, sorry. <laughs> no, you're good, you're good. You're good. But yeah, go ahead. Go ahead, guys. Go ahead. Yeah. Um, okay, I'll I'll answer it. Um whoo, that was a lot because <laughs> So first off, first off, I have been to several shows since she started playing things differently. Yeah, I'm a Lauren Hill fan because I'm a I'm a fan of her writing first, sure. her rapping second, and her singing third. Right. <laughs> so, so for me, she provided all three of those things at the concerts. Right. The arrangements were different. I couldn't sing along. But I was fascinated because to me, what I felt like I was watching was like an artist at work, Mm. right? Mm. Like she's turning around and she's telling the bass player to do this and do that. And she like, it's almost like I'm getting a peek into like how she creates. Mm. And so I appreciated it on that level. And when it comes to how, I guess, how that has made me look at her, it's made me admire and appreciate her as a musician more and I don't even know that she like I've heard her say in the past that she could play her song still it's just she she's bored right she's tired of it it's like they're like 20 years old right (laughs) songs and she wants to evolve now whether that is completely true I don't know but I've heard that before um and so I don't look at her any different I mean not in a negative sense. I, I, mm-hmm. I'm more like blown away because I saw it live. You know what I mean? And it was dope. <laughs> it was dope. Word up. Have you seen her perform, Matt? Or are you frozen? Yes. Okay. No, oh, yeah. No. Okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I seen her. <laughs> I saw, yeah, I saw her perform in 2015. And yeah, I, I was, I was blown away too at the performance. It was amazing. And I, I loved it, even though the arrangements were completely different from what I was used to from the records. 
I I loved it. And at, like Crystal said, like it's, it's like seeing an artist at work and as she's directing different people on the stage. And it it makes it feel like more improvised and in the moment and urgent. Mm-hmm. So that these songs are like not static, frozen in time, but that they are still alive. That these are different like angles and viewpoints that you can look at this song and uncover different things in the song that you might not have seen before. And okay. I, yeah, I really appreciated the like. Yeah, I can't sing along like I would to the record, but I appreciated that she was able to look at it, look at the song in a different way and try out different arrangements. Try it, like, I think it was like, almost like, you know, like a Samba type arrangement to, I forget what song, but I just remember that I was like, just struck by that. I was like, oh, that's very interesting that she would set this song to like a Samba type <laughs> beat. Yes. Randomly. And it, it, it was like, <laughs> did, it, did it like, I mean, did it always work? Uh, maybe not, but there are times that it did work. And that's, I think that's what, I think what the enjoyment she gets out of it is experimenting and trying out different things and say, okay, this worked, this didn't work. So I'm gonna just tweak it, like in the moments or tweak it later on the arrangement and make it better. So that's why I liked about it. So you basically saying uh, that I'm a hater. Okay, I got you. <laughs> 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 word up, word up. Uh, where, where? So before we get out of here, where, where can people? Two part question. Follow you guys. You can say that part. Uh, where can they follow the pod? Well, first of all, also, when does the pod drop? When is the first? And how is it going to be? Is it just one long pod, or is it going to be different episodes, or how does it? How's that going to work? Yeah. So it comes out February twenty third, and it'll release on Wednesdays each week for six weeks so there's six episodes mm. yeah and they can find it anywhere they listen to podcasts uh they can also go to flickerspodcast.com slash listen and they'll direct them to whatever podcast player people Man. listen on weekly g y'all they, they, they right, doing like right. the genius kanye doc you know what i'm saying they doing yeah. right right <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> um and then what what do, you, what do you guys, I mean, I know this is just something you both are just interested in, you know, both of you are fans of her, but what do you, what do you hope to accomplish with this? Yeah, I think for me, just getting people to have a better appreciation for Lauren and where she's like, I think like since Unplugged came out, like it's just been mainly leaning towards the negative on her mm. negative people having a negative viewpoint on her and for people to reconsider her and her legacy and reconsider her music and what she's doing and that to see that what she was doing on miseducation she's still doing mm. like she just expanded on that expounded it and gone further with it but she's still about those themes themes that we talk about love justice and freedom like that's still present like in the unplugged stuff and the unreleased tracks uh even in that Nas track (laughs) that she was on like 
she's like this is who i am this is who i like in that that verse she's like i told you this is who i am i'm like, saying you guys souls and y'all concerned about right. my lateness you know what i'm saying right right <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah it's like i've been telling you who i am and let me just remind you again here in 2021 <laughs> you know? i don't do this you do for popularity let me just go just go yeah yeah <laughs> Okay, OT. So that's that's the hope I want to get out of it. Where's the people? Yeah, yeah. Um, everything Matt said. The only other thing I'll add is for me, so much of our career has been around, like you said, the negativity. You know, when it was the miseducation, it was her look. You know, mm-hmm. it was all these things. Even on Unplugged, it was her look. <laughs> she had on a baseball cap. <laughs> right. But I'm interested in people really getting a unfiltered taste of like the message, mm-hmm. the message that she carries, right? Like, and those are three important topics. And like you said earlier, they're relevant today, right? Probably more relevant than they were then. So I just want people to, to get an unfiltered listen to the message. And hopefully that resonates with them and it's a value because it's a value to me. Word up. Beers and bars. Uh, beers and bars. Beers and bars. <laughs> <laughs>